Watch who? Hello. Welcome to the To Watch Who podcast. My name's Mark. And my name's Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan and have been for a long time. And I am new to Who. Yes, Sarah is watching for the very first time. And we are still currently recording in lockdown, just to say. But I I definitely, I know I say this every time, but I'm pretty sure by the time you hear this, we will be out of lockdown. We're quite far ahead. We just, we've taken advantage of lockdown. We have just watched this week's story about 20 minutes ago, The Chase, and I'm just recovering from the end. <laughs> it was a bit emotional. Mark is very emotional. So I think we should just go straight into it this week because there'll be a lot to talk about. Well, I've got a lot to talk about this one. So it's my favourite first Doctor story. Yeah. And we have actually, I haven't done this for a while. I'm going to go to back to the 90s, everybody. Oh, yeah. I was hoping you'd do this. Tell me about your experience of this episode, Mark. It was the very first Doctor Who story I had on video. So the box set came out in 1993 for the 30th anniversary in a lovely tin, which I have here. So it had the chase and it had a seventh Doctor story, Remembrance of the Daleks in. And I got it for Christmas. And I think... I mean, so it was 1993 was the anniversary. I It was either Christmas 93 or it might have been Christmas 94. I'm trying to work that out. There's photographs of me at Christmas. Apparently it's Christmas 94 with, and I've got this set. So it might have been then. And so I'd started watching in 1992 on TV and I taped a few stories off the, the TV. So I, I must have only watched a few stories and I'd never seen a first Doctor story before. Mm. And I got this, and my aunt got me this, actually. And I remember watching the very first episode of The Chase on Christmas Day. And, you know, like Christmas, it was like all the family were around in the evening, like the grandparents and my aunt and uncle and everybody. And we all, and I put this on, and we all sat down and watched this. Because actually, like, I don't think I've said, like, it's not that much of a surprise that I love Doctor Who, because, like, my grandparents... They watched every single episode, like from the beginning. They watched when it was on. It was just their like their Saturday routine. So like my gran would be like, I remember, you know, remember like, you know, missing episodes. I mean, she watched Marco Polo, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so when I put this on, it wasn't like everyone watched it and they remembered it because like my grandparents remembered watching William Hartner was the doctor and I'd never seen it before. So it's got sort of special memories in that way. And because it was the first one I had on video, I watched this so much. What was I, seven? The Doctor, Ian, Barbara and Vicky were like the original sort of team that I watched. I mean, I'd seen the other Doctors, but, you know, saying like I liked Vicky over Susan, it's because I'd watched this one so much. So I've still got the tin here. And it, you know what, the other story attached with this, so Remembrance of the Daleks is a, a later story. I lent that to my friend Ross in primary school and he never gave it back. So I don't have Remembrance of the Daleks from this tin. If we ever meet, like, if I ever meet Ross, I hear so much about Ross in there. Oh, well, actually, hang on. So there's, to- so this is t- there's Tom as well. Tom was the Aztecs one. I'm going to have right. some stern words with him because he got you in detention a lot. And, like, and now you've just told me that he stole one of your videos. 
so yeah, getting this at Christmas was, and it was that thing, like I got this for Christmas and then my brother, who's a little bit older, he would get a video as well. He got, I think he got like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like BBC on like double video. We'd always get, it was like Christmas, you'd always get like a video each. And usually like, I think my brother got like Star Wars, I would get like Fantasia or something. And I remember my brother got Robin Hood, like this Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie. And I got Disney Cinderella. But I think I won. <laughs> that says so much. <laughs> but then, obviously, this is like the best Christmas present ever. Like getting this like Dalek tin. Yeah, and also because I watched this so much as a child, I think the chase, and you know, it's one of those stories. Fans didn't really like it as much because it's not maybe as good as the previous Dalek stories. But I think it's one that you can watch any time. Like you can watch it on Christmas Day. You can watch it late at night. I remember I was really ill once with like glandular fever, <laughs> ill again. And, and I remember getting up really early, like five o'clock on Saturday morning. And you know, when you're ill and you always used to be given, were you give, ever given Lucozade? You were always given Lucozade when you were ill. Oh, okay. Maybe that's that. <laughs> I remember having Lucozade like five in the morning and watching this story. And you can watch it on a hot day. We've watched it on a hot day and it fit. You can watch it anytime. It just fits. And, oh, sorry, going back to Tom now. So <laughs> Ross kept my Remembrance of the Daleks video. But also, I remember this wasn't actually too long ago. But my mum said to me, she was like, imagine what your life would be like if you didn't like Doctor Who. <laughs> I'm not sure in what way she said that. <laughs> she meant that. And she was like, it was all that Tom at school. He he got you into it. That Tom, he was he was mad about it. And I was like, well, actually, no, it was my aunt who bought me the box set at Christmas. I always think she got me into it because I'd watched it on TV a bit. But I feel like getting this video box set was like when I became a proper fan. And then I started collecting the videos and stuff. So actually, to be fair, it wasn't Tom's fault. I say it was my aunt really buying it for me because Tom watched it on TV as well and we just we talked about it at school because we both watched it so but my mum blames Tom for getting me into Doctor <laughs> blames I love that not Ross bastard Ross well then you see so Ross um because well, it was me and Tom were into it and then Ross we were at school with as well so Ross like got into it because we were into it and would borrow the he never got any of the videos and stuff he always borrowed my videos if Ross is listening to this return that video Maybe he still has it. I don't know. Anyway, so my my box set is missing a video, but never mind. I've got it on DVD now, so I wasn't that bothered. So this is my number one story. It's probably not the best story as an example of Doctor Who in the 60s, but it just I think it's just got everything. I thought you might like it because it was a little bit like, well, it's Terry Nation, and it's a bit like the Keys of Marinus where you've got six episodes, but there's so many different elements, and it's different every week. And I don't know, I was, that's why I was quite excited for you to watch it because I wanted to see what you thought. Um, okay, so my overall conclusion of myself, it's going to be a bold statement, but with this is our third Dalek episode now, yeah? I just don't think I'm that fussed on the Daleks. I, I, you know, there's a lot of Dalek talking. I'm not fond, I've said it before, I'm not fond of a long scenes with Daleks just talking to each other. Out of this story, the Dalek element is probably the element that I'm least excited about. It's all the other 
all the other parts that I like, it just happens to have the Daleks in, and I know they're a fair part of it. But no, I know what you mean. I don't think they're like this amazing creep monster. Like that's fine. Like I'm just not because I'm not because I'm not a massive. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't think I'm not a fan. That might change, and I might, you know, in time become like a, you know, uber fan. We're only on season two, you know. Um, but I don't think I'm a fan enough to be like the Daleks of this uber thing. Do you, I can't explain it more than that. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a massive, massive fan of the Daleks. They don't, if someone says there's the Daleks in a story, it doesn't particularly excite me i found them a little bit more scary watching it as a child whenever they were on screen i'd be like right there's there's danger here and watching this as a child is there's sort of memories of that but watching this again actually with you i was a little bit when there's lots of those dialect scenes where they're talking about their plans and that they're quite long scenes they feel like padded scenes I felt a little, not cringy, but I felt a bit like, oh, come on, let's just get to the next bit. What I appreciate now with the Daleks, now, because we're towards the end of season two, aren't we? So, you know, we've done quite a lot of stuff. We've seen a lot of baddies, a lot of different villains and creatures and stuff. I appreciate how clever the concept of the Daleks is because when I was watching them, I thought, God, you know what? That's so clever. Like looking at it, there's not really been any other creatures of the same level in terms of costume or, I mean, like, bloody hell, we had like a weird butterfly thing, didn't we, in like, the like there's been nothing like it. I mean, so series two, we've had two Dalek stories. Yeah. Because they were so popular at the time, I think they just rushed it through again. Let's do another Dalek story. And maybe those scenes in this were quite long because they want the kids to see kids want to see Daleks on TV and you know it's still Dalek mania at this time it's so different to all the others it's like a whole other class but in terms of like uh what it's about for me there's not really anything to it um and I think that that's kind of I really like the concept of the story this idea of them being chased across space by the Daleks that in itself is really interesting. The trouble is the Daleks themselves are so one-dimensional. And like you say, when you get those long scenes of dialogue, it just shows it even more. It and they it and it is dull. Can you imagine having like a dinner date with a Dalek? Oh my gosh. Like a blind date with a Dalek would just be the worst thing. It they're just very one-dimensional, very dull. Um which is why the long dialogue just doesn't work. There's no conversation and there's no... It's because they're voices. There's no different... There's one focus, which was the destruction of a doctor. And then that's pretty much all that is it. That is it. It's just this one focus. I don't know. Even other things have more interest. I even have more interest in that weird blobby thing that comes up later, the weird um, Hoover thing that comes up later than I did in that. So... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not that fussed on them. And I think it's why I struggle with a lot of the Dalek episodes. Well, let's go sort of location by location as we go through the chase. We start off with that really nice scene in the TARDIS with the with all the regulars. Sort of, you know, you're Ian reading. Barbara's making Vicky a dress, finally. Something for her to wear. Yeah. 
<laughs> she needs it. And then they look at that. They've got the time space visualizer, which is what the thing the doctor picked up in the space museum. And they watch those clips on there. They're all having a bit of a relax in the TARDIS, which is nice. And you sort of see the characters and the the relationships between them, and they're all very settled. I mean, if you think way back in season one, you know, it's so different now. It's quite a slow start to the story because you watch these clips. You've got Shakespeare and Abraham Lincoln and everything. (laughs) Because it's already been established in the last episode that the Daleks are involved, we already know, so I think that's okay. I think otherwise it would literally be like what we watch and what's happening. So, yeah, I don't, I didn't mind that because we already know that this thing, even though they don't know, we already know something. I mean, I love the time space visualizer. I think it's great. Uh, they should bring it back and do more. But it, we had a bit of an issue, didn't we, when we watched this, just to flag up because I watched the DVDs and Sarah watches on BritBox, and there's a clip where Vicky watches the Beatles because. You've got Dalek mania going on at this time, but also it's the height of the Beatles fame. So it's, per- you know, they're perfect combination. And they've edited, I think for copyright reasons, they've edited the Beatles clip out of BritBox. So we had a bit, a moment where we're trying to watch in sync where you're like suddenly a couple of minutes ahead and we're like, hang on, what's happened here? I didn't realise that. What about the Beatles? Like, oh, I didn't see any Beatles. Hang on. I only shut the window. <laughs> Vicky, I had no idea you knew about the Beatles. Of course I know about them. I've been to their memorial theatre in Liverpool. Well, what do you think of them, Vicky? Well, they're marvellous, but I didn't know they played classical music. Classical music! So it's another sort of, it just highlights that Vicky's way from the future and knows, you know, a lot of sort of future knowledge. It's just a nice scene. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything to the story, but it adds, you know, Beatles anywhere at that time would have been a big thing. So, you know, it's the sort of first sort of celebrity sort of cameo I've watched it so much. It's just nice and it just feels very like a family feeling at the beginning of this story. It's really nice. And then we land on the planet Iridius. We saw, we have stunt Ian and Vicky on film running off in the distance. Which... Like, that is not Vicky. Vicky's hair is not that big. So that was funny. And then you laughed at the um, Doctor and Barbara sunbathing straight away. Yeah, classic. Having a chill, having a lie down. So what did you think of sort of all of those those couple of episodes so you've got Ian and Vicky go off yeah and then you've got Doctor and Barbara which is another combination so I really liked Ian and Vicky going off and exploring and their sort of chat and it's not again it's not like Ian and child they're like mates going out having a laugh they're very relaxed even though there's things in the sand and they find the trap door and everything but they're, they're, it's fun if anything they're egging each other on I think that is the first time that Vicky and Ian, because we've had Vicky and Barbara quite a bit, and we've had Vicky and the Doctor. I don't think I might be wrong, but I haven't really noticed Vicky and Ian. Like when she, you know, when the thing goes opens up, he's like, "Go on, go first, <laughs> go in." This is the Vicky. I think she's a very different, relaxed Vicky than we've had so far because she's not had a chance. You know, she's going head first. She's. She's not bothered about stuff. I mean, she sees the, those blob, you know, those creatures down there and she sort of does a face and is like, oh, let's go. But she doesn't like scream. Yeah, I think she's enjoying the adventure. Again, like the last episode was the first time that we'd noticed her spirit come out and then we're seeing that again in this one. So yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And I hope, well, yeah, now I'm sure it'll grow more. 
and um, Doctor and Barbara are quite fun together. In, and then they get all um, covered in sand and spend the night out in the desert. The sand in Barbara's hair. They'll probably live there forever. Um, what did you think of the Iridians then? Like, we meet our our race on this planet, the fish people. Oh, hang on. We haven't talked about Ian's pyjama top. It's like a holiday outfit. It's like summer holiday, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, like a boatman's, isn't it? I always think, I don't know what colour it is. You know in Mary Poppins where they go out and these Bert is in like red and white stripe? I think it's supposed to be like that, isn't it? Probably, but I just think of him like he woke up from his nap a bit early and they landed and he was like, oh, off we go, out in my pyjamas. That's what I think of. And you've got Vicky dressed up while we're talking about clothes. You've got Vicky in a sort of pigtails and jumper like Barbara a bit. Yeah, Barbara and Vicky basically dress the same a lot in this episode. They're like twins. Well, there's a bit a bit later on where then Ian gets changed and you were like, they're all dressed the same. They've all got like turtleneck <laughs> jumpers and things, like all three of them. It's almost like they've gone, Vicky's wardrobe's so bad. Or Vicky's gone, my wardrobe's so bad, I'm just stealing from Barbara now. Or Barbara's gone, I'm just going to make my own clothes for Vicky. I'll just, she can, I'll just smoke from my own template. <laughs> it's Her clothes are so bad. But yeah, no, they, at least she has improved a little. Anyway, yes. So we meet the weird sea creature thing. That reminds me of the butterfly creature. It speaks the same, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I think it's the same sort of school of acting as the Monoptera. And they're trying to do the alien. But like you said, at least you can see their faces and their expressions. And okay, it's not the best costume. I, I couldn't tell you their names. I couldn't really tell them apart. They didn't really leave that impression. They were just generic alien people and they did what they did. But I mean, it's not bad. I mean, I'm not saying it's really awful or anything, but they didn't, they don't leave that impression, which we've had before on some other guest people that we've met. No. Barbara gets um, attacked by a blob. So it, it gets her and then it ends up eating one of the fish people. And then the doctor has to like grab Barbara. He has to like, did you, that scene where he's like proper like, you know, violently pulling her away and she like yes because she's like it's through the wall isn't it oh yeah that was funny we have missed talking about which is throughout the music oh the music well we'll get okay let's just talk about the music so the music is i love this music because i've heard it so much i've heard this music for like over 20 years so it's like really in my head this music it's my favorite music it's sort of space jazz and it does not really fit the story at all, but I love it. And you were saying about in this, especially in this first couple of episodes, that sort of like, boom. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's an alien, it's like, boom. <laughs> It reminds me of, like, a James Bond film of the 60s. It's not what you expect for, like, a space thing. It's not what you expect of the Doctor Who series. Just going back to Iridius, what are your favourite moments from those first two where they're on the desert planet? What are your favourite standout bits? There's not really anything I remember. That's the trouble. You're saying things and I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. But I can't really... What about... um? The trap for the Dalek and it goes down the thing. Yeah, but um, like there's nothing there's nothing that's like screaming. 
I feel like if I was a big fan, I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah. Or if I was a kid in the 60s, I'd have been like, ooh, yeah, but I'm not. All right, then. Okay, okay. I really enjoyed the thing, like the start, like you said, the different um, scenes, the visualizer thing, whatever it was. Um, I thought that was clever. And I like that whole concept anyway. I told you that the last episode. I thought it was really clever to bring it from the Space Museum, this idea of bringing that forward. I really like that. But there wasn't really anything. Like, oh, I mean, like the whole thing, like they got told the – it was just really wet. They got told like, oh, well, um, our elders are deciding what to do with you. And so there was like, okay. Then two minutes later, they've decided we're going to hand you over – We've got two hours. Suddenly, Vicky appears. She's like, "Oh, I've got, I've got a way out." Then, then just as you think they're about to go, oh, it's sorted anyway. Bob, like, oh, oh, we're out. Oh, look, here's Ian. Oh, look, it's getting the TARDIS. Oh, we're off. Okay, like, it, I don't know. It was just all a bit wet. So sorry, <laughs> Mark. This one's going to be hard. I'm sorry. Okay, well, moving on then. Moving on to the next episode. What were you thinking when suddenly we saw? Images of New York. I thought they were going to end up staying there for some reason. Um, and we were going to have some sort of like, um, I don't know, like on Wall Street sort of thing. For, I don't know. Like, oh, I see what's going on here. Pardon, I see. So, you, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought they were going to somehow end up stuck in New York. And there'd be some sort of Dalek thing there. Is it big in America? Doctor Who at this point or not? I don't know. Maybe the sort of Dalek stuff is starting to go over there. Maybe not really, no. Um, I mean, it wasn't the best sort of depiction of Americans. You've got the guy the guy that they meet from Alabama. <laughs> Who, to be fair, is much better than the other guy. He, like, what was the, other, the guy who's a tour guide? Oh, my God, he was terrible. I'll take the Alabama guy any day. Can I shock you with a fact? Yes. So the guy, the Alabama guy. Yeah. Is the same actor as Stephen at the end. No. <gasps> well, there we go. Stephen's great. I like Stephen. So they got him back for di- they've made him grow a beard. <laughs> that is a long time to get growing now. Or did he not do it the other way around? Like, no. That is a serious growing. I mean, were you entertained by that or it's a fun scene. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, I I enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed that concept. I enjoyed the idea of like a Dalek just suddenly like being there and being that person. I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed this episode. Those parts. So they go. They then they go to the Mary Celeste as well on the boat. I like that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. When um, I love when Vicky accidentally hits Ian over the head. I mean, sure. Oh, and oh, we did have a Barbara rant though, didn't we? When Barbara goes off. Classic Barbara going off. Classic Barbara. Like, Dr. Says, don't go fine. She's like, oh, but when has Barbara ever said that she likes boats or likes sailing? When has this ever come up before? Like, maybe it's just because we haven't seen any, but I just don't feel like that's ever, ever been a thing. And it's, it's not even like a bit. It's like it's this pure passion of hers, the way she says it. It's like it's a burning passion of hers. Oh, but I love so I love boats. I love so- Oh please, Ian, please, I've got to. Oh maybe And then literally in like a minute, of course, she's like captured. And then Vicky's little bop on the head. I mean like 
It's nothing. It affects Ian because he's already been hit on the head once in the previous episode. So this is like double concussion. So that's why. Ian is a fighter, okay? Nothing like, no, I'm having none of it. He, yeah, it's like nothing. Taps that guy on the head, taps Ian. It's funny, but like the whole thing. Anyway, because of Barbara, the dialects are getting faster, like to them, of course, because Barbara's a dick. So, I mean, all, I mean, and the budget again. They've got a water tank. Everyone's jumping off all the stunt sailors and the woman and the babies jumping off when the Dalek goes in. They're all in. It's a big sequence. It's like from like a, a massive film or something with all these extras jumping in and everything. And the set of the boat, it looks amazing. It's great for just that half an episode. Like I did enjoy this one. Maybe because the Daleks are really famous at this point. Maybe what they're trying to do, part of this is... These are your favourite aliens, the Daleks. Oh, we've got a Dalek on a boat. Let's see Daleks in America. Let's do that. Maybe it's sort of like trying to put them in different situations. Yeah. Also, maybe. when Food Watch, they have ice creams. Well, they have two lots of food in this. They, they're having like chalk ices or ice creams or something after they've been on the desert planet. <laughs> so that's number one. We'll see the next lot later. It's guava flavour, apparently, according to Vicky. <laughs> I did not spot the flavour. That TARDIS food machine is creating all sorts of things for them. Um, and then we go into, which I thought was, which I said was my favourite episode, just just for the fun element of it, the journey into terror where they're in the sort of haunted house with Frankenstein and Dracula and the bats. I'm not saying it's the masterpiece. I Look, this whole episode, this whole episode story, like all of them. I think if you were a child in the 60s, or a child full stop, I think if you were, yeah, exactly, no, exactly. I think the reason why you really love this episode is because if you're a child, this is fun. It's a fun episode. It's a fun story. And for you, there's a nostalgia to it as well. I am Dracula. Don't go. Don't go. And do you know what? I've just thought, um, me and Ross played this at school. He was um, Dracula. <laughs> I am Who are you Dracula. <laughs> Don't go. Don't go. We, we, we definitely played that in primary school. Don't go. You have flashbacks. That's what I mean. There's, this one, more than any, is for kids. You hear that in the nicest way, Mark. Like, I know it's just, but it is, it's just a fun episode. You've got everything. You've got sliding doors. We we ticked off a couple of sliding doors in this as well. Barbara gets on the thing and goes round again, like in Keys of Marinus. The thing is, you said this for kids, right? I remember watching this as a child. It's confused me so much, this episode, because they have that whole conversation about it being, oh, we're in the, the human mind. We're in, like, this nightmare world. The Daleks can't get to us. We're in this, like... And they're not. And then it says at the end, Festival of Ghana, 1996. And I couldn't understand what that meant because I thought, oh, well, they've said it's in the human mind. And then it says this. And obviously, um, Frankenstein and Dracula, they're supposed to be robots, like futuristic fairground robots. I just could not get my head around seeing that sign at the end. I was like, so what? Like, it's a fairground, but why isn't there anybody around? Has it been abandoned? It just wasn't clear for me. I just couldn't get it. 
because I always thought, oh, they're in a huge. That when the doctor explained it, it seemed to make sense. And then you see that sign at the end. I was like, hang on a second, what is true? What is going on? Yeah, yeah. And do you know what this episode as well? There's a few sort of mistakes in this. I mean, those bats at the beginning where it it comes down and then the string stays, and you see the string. It doesn't get out the way. And there's another bit. I don't know if you noticed when they first go down into the to see Frankenstein when the doctor first goes there at the back where the Dalek appears later, it's already there. They've obviously just put the prop there ready for later on. It's before the Daleks are actually land. It's, it was only like years later, you, you know, you go online and it's like, here are the things to look out for. And it's like, these are all the mistakes in the chase. You know, there's this, and there's another bit where if you turn the volume up before it cuts to Vicky, you can hear her get her cue early. So she says her line when the Doctor and Ian are there, and then it cuts to her, and then she says it again because she's done it too early. It's like things like that. But as a child, I did not notice. I didn't notice the string. I didn't notice the Dalek. And then I read it, and then you sort of can't unsee it once you've seen it. The string, I did notice because it made me because the bat made me laugh. Question. Okay, so they're robots. And, oh no. Okay, I've just answered my own question. It's fun. I was like, who, what that, who's that ghost lady then supposed to be? She's not a robot. Maybe she's like a hologram or something. I don't know. It's probably best not to think of it into this too much. I thought she was a robot. Yeah, but she appears out of nowhere and she's floating around. But also, when Vicky gets left behind, because I've never seen these ones before, and you know, I, this was the first time I've seen Vicky, I thought, she was, I thought that's how she left the show, have someone be left behind, and they don't notice for ages. I know. That's what I said to you. Like, how long? They're going to get bloody ice cream again. Like, how long is it before they realise? And actually, that proves the point right at the start of the video where she's like, I'm, like, pointless on this ship. I, I, I Whatever she She's like, oh, I just feel a bit like Ian's doing his thing, Barbara's doing her thing, Doctor's doing his. And they don't even realise she's not made the ship. I remember, you know, watching that and being genuinely like, how is she going to get back? Is she ever going to get back? Is that it? And then we get then we get onto the robot doctor. We've got to talk about robot doctor. My, no, my favorite part of robot doctor was the fight. I went, so hang on, oh, that robot, that guy. Are we supposed to be that? That's the real doctor, or not the real doctor? Or, I mean, yeah, it gets confusing because you've got William Hartnell, and then you've got actor playing the thing. But then when it's a close up of the robot, it's also William Hartnell. But then you get a point which I only noticed today where it's supposed to be the actual Doctor, but because William Hartnell is needed as the robot Doctor, they use the other guy who is playing the robot Doctor in the first place to be the actual Doctor because you don't see his face. And then they and you're like, hang on, actually, who is supposed to be who? And you get William Hartnell actually doing his stunts as well, doing a fight. Oh my gosh, yeah, Old Man Fighting was very concerning and traumatic. It was just funny. It was just weird. He didn't move his mouth, like... It didn't look like him. It did, but it didn't. I love that the Daleks thought that his mannerisms were just, yeah, yeah, like, and that is what the Daleks had taken to be Doctor's mannerisms to make into a robot. I mean, obviously, as a child, I, it didn't convince me. I don't think it ever convinced anybody. No. But, you know, they've they've tried. It's something different. We've not had anything like that before. It's, you know, it's fun. Again, it just goes back to being fun. And just moving on, Right at the end, we get the mechanoids and their city and the jungle. And I, I said, I think the jungle, there's bits of web planet at the back there that they've reused again. <laughs> uh, I mean, the jungle element isn't maybe so successful. 
I've, we've seen better jungles. Like the, in the first Dalek story, that jungle was better, the one that Susan ran through. Yeah. I mean, Mickey does her best to, again, run or walk through a very small bit of studio and be fatigued <laughs> as best as possible. But then, again, you, you're nearly at the end of the episode and suddenly the mechanoids turn up and you're going off on a completely different bit as well. This is my criticism of this story again. I think they try and put too much in. There is a lot going on in this stuff. I mean, again, you've just you've said like we've had the three like at the start, like uh, visualized things. We've had two trips because they went, you know, the London, uh, the New York, and the boat. Then they've gone. Um, we've had the Doctor being a robot. We've had um, the mushroomy things. We had uh, the sand thing. I completely even forgotten about those creatures because so much happens. They try and just cram so many things into an episode it's almost like to see what will work we enjoyed keys and marinus because of that but i suppose the difference maybe there is we had altos and sabitha go through there's no sort of through characters throughout the whole lot you're starting again every time maybe that's what it is you haven't got that familiarity every yeah maybe that's or just the way because keys and marinus i, I felt worked for me is we had the one constant structure, which was we knew what they were trying to achieve at each point. So in, if I was rewriting this, okay, let's say I was going to rewrite this story. We knew the point of them getting to each thing was to escape the Daleks. Okay, so that is their my main purpose here. We're trying to keep one step ahead of the Daleks. And at some point, they, I know, halfway through this journey, they realized, no, we need to like fight the Daleks. That's where I think it, it struggles because up until then, it's very clear. We've had the proof. Okay, it works. This idea of this chase, you know, we go each episode, we move on to the next. It's quite clear that whole keys and minus thing. But then it changes, and so your whole story has to change with it. It's no longer each episode because your whole motivation of the story changes. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I've said before, I love a Terry Nation part one where they land and explore. And I feel like you get that every single episode in this. It's land, explore, where are we now? I, I like it when they first land on the jungle. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I just like it. And I love the mechanoids, actually. I think they're really well-built, well-designed creatures. And I, I think the idea was that they could merchandise them the same as the Daleks in a way. Maybe if they'd been around a bit longer, they could have. But they're around for, what, like, an episode. You can get um, a toy model of the mechanoids. I haven't got them. I haven't got it yet, but I really want it. But they're silver, and I I think I saw in a comic strip or a magazine years ago when I was young. I always imagine them as being gold. In my head, they're always gold. So whenever I see like the model of them and stuff, and they're silver, I'm like, oh no, I think they should be gold. In my head, they're gold. Mechanoids are gold. Daleks are silver, and I think that works really well. But I like it, and I like their voices, and they're different enough. I said to you, are they supposed to be like the good Dalek? Because they move like a Dalek, they sound like a Dalek, they talk in the same way, but they're not, they're just dicks like Dalek. You said they were like them Hoovers. Yeah, it was when they were in the corridors. That was it. And they were like bumping back and forth. And you know, when you have like um, one of those electric hoovers, uh, those automatic ones where you just stick it on the ground and it hoovers up for you. And if it jump, if it bumps into your furniture, 
it'll like bump into it and then move on. That's what that reminded me of. Yeah, I mean, I would totally get a mechanoid to do the housework. It would probably like ca- like enslave me for two years or whatever. But I would totally get a mechanoid to do my hoovering. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to be captive and then have to like be blindfolded and. Well, okay. Well, we meet then Stephen as well in the in the zoo with his panda. Yeah. So he's really our only sort of human character in this proper that they interact with. He's nice. We like him. You like Stephen. And then they have to try and, and then getting Vicky down on the thing. This is how you traffic people. You blindfold them and like force them down and like through things. That is how you traffic people. Basically, the poor girl is like, you know, nervous, scared. And they're like, don't, don't worry, love. Like, you just, we're just going to, you won't sit blindfolded. She's like, no, no, no. Not. Don't worry. Then they're like, tie Barbara. But they don't even, I thought Barbara was going to be with her. They don't. They just tie her up and chuck her down. Like, poor thing. First. First. Why is it around Barbara's neck? What's going on? It was mental. Oh, no. That is how you traffic people out of, like, that's what you see in horror films. That is not how you get someone (laughs) who's scared of heights. (laughs) I'm going to blindfold you. And stick you down a rope. That's what we're going to do first. <laughs> Vicky's been human trafficked out of there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see Barbara or the doctor or Ian actually go. You don't see any of the others go down, do you? And it's the fact like how scared she is. And they're just like shoving that blindfold on her and shoving rope around her. Whatever it is. Okay, so Vicky, it's I, I quite like it though, because Vicky hasn't really been scared of anything. She's being very chilled out and enjoying it. And... Okay, yeah, she's scared of heights, which is a you know a a real sort of thing that people can relate to, and going and I think that's really well done. She's still very relatable. It's not like a, a Susan hysteric about every single thing, or a Barbara stress about something or fatigue or whatever. I think it's done really well that Vicky's really strong character, and then there's this thing that she's got to get through, and then it. I just really like that the way it's done and the way it's acted. I just think it's really good. No, I think it's good. I think. It's just, it's just really funny. It's just ridiculous. Like, and it, like there was so much tension going on. And then what's his name? Went back in to get his panda. Like, I said, like, what is going on? And this one's like, well, like, shh, shh, it's okay, shh, down you go. Like, what's going on? Yeah, but that panda's been his only friend for two years. He's got to go back. Oh, him going back. I was like, yeah, totally. Like, I am, I'm on that decision. Not a problem. But um, it was the rest of them. I was just like, what is going on here? And then we have time at the end for the moment. Ian and Barbara leave at the end of this story. And I haven't said anything. No, you didn't. Do you realise we could get home? Home? Yes. Do you want to? Yes. I, I never realised it before. When did you get, when did you start to think this is going to happen now? Not until Barbara said it. I had no idea. And I said, sure, I don't think I'll really realise until the next episode. I don't, like, I don't think I'll realise like an episode or two. Okay, you didn't get emotional. No. Like I said, I don't think it's, it's really hit me yet. I think the trouble is, not the trouble, but it felt very sort of sudden. It felt suddenly out of nowhere. It is a sudden thing, but they've always sort of, been wanting to get back we haven't ever had this opportunity before 
and that's highlighted because they can't go back for Vicky when they leave her. He doesn't know how to steer things. And Susan's, we had that whole build-up of the story throughout that story that when it happened, it was like, where is this? All right, it's been there. It's been there for, what, like two years? But it's been two years. You don't even, like, they've been having a good time. You don't even think about it. So it, it did sort of, like, you're right, it was their only chance. But I didn't think of it as, like, a, I don't know. I don't think I've processed it. It was nice that um, Vicky had to sort of talk him round. I like that. That was a nice moment between them because he has been really close to Vicky ever since she arrived. Uh, so she talks sense. The only thing, though, there's not a real goodbye scene between the Doctor and Ian and Barbara. They go in the ship. He shows them the controls and they go. You don't see that final goodbye moment. That's that's a shame. You didn't with um, Susan, really. Oh, no, they all went off without her. They left her behind. Like, I just don't think he does. I think that's, I don't know, I get the feeling that that's just what he does. He doesn't do goodbye. Yeah, but it was nice to see Ian and Barbara land and uh, the little photo montage. So actually, I've also got to say, so this story, the last couple of years, I think has got much more popular because a couple of years ago, you know, on Twitch, do you know Twitch? It's like a streaming thing. So they showed all Doctor Who episodes on there, like over like a few weeks. And so there was a trailer for this. And the clip is Ian saying, London 1965, we're back. And that became like a meme. And everyone was hashtag London 1965. And when it was on Twitch as well, because that's a bit of a younger audience, maybe. It was a lot of time that a lot of younger people were seeing these stories. So then I think the popularity of The Chase because of London 1965 has gone up with maybe younger fans or fans that love Ian and Barbara that have have been watching it on Twitch and stuff. So that was really nice to see. That's so rough. And then we're left with The Doctor and Vicky and the next episode is called The Watcher. And also, can I just say, because I first got this on video and I didn't know there was the individual titles, it said next episode, The Watcher. And I was like, oh, great. And then the video stopped and I was like, Where's the last episode? Where's the next episode? I was like, it says there's another one. I was like, oh, great, what's going to happen next? And then I was like, oh, oh. And then I learned about episode titles. and One thing that I was sad about as well, what's his name with the panda? Stephen. Yeah, you see that he gets out, don't you? Because you see him come at the bottom with the panda. And I thought he was going to get on with them. I thought because like, the doctor said, we'll get on my spaceship. And I thought with Ian and Barbara not like staying with them. I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe he will. Maybe, like, the Doctor will take him. You don't really see anything, do you, what happens? He gets out with his panda, and then they just leave him anyway. So what do you think is going to happen next? I don't know, some sort of city. I don't know. Maybe that's where they'll get more someone else join them. (laughs) This is is where this is, like, my favourite thing, where I'm like, what's going to happen? I'm enjoying your not knowing what's coming up. so It would dictate, based on what happened with Susan, that the next one would be where someone else joins them. Well, we shall see what happens. We're getting through nearly at the end of season two. Yes. And then we'll have to start thinking about our Oscar nominations. The Sir Ian Chesterton Award. When he goes back to, when he's in London now, in 1965. Sir Ian. Yeah, we've, we've done all of Ian and Barbara's journey now, so... um 
who's going to be your next Barbara to moan about? That'll be fun. I know. We've been on a. I feel like we've been on a long journey with Ian and Barbara already. Let's just have a reflection now about Ian and Barbara. We'll just have, let's just have two minutes now. Let's just have a. No, I mean, I felt a bit sad just because the doctor was sad. I'm going to miss Ian's heroics. Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't really get a big fight in this, did he? He didn't get his fight. His last fight was the Space Museum when he bashed off two, didn't he? So even though all these things were happening, they were so used to it and relaxed about it and just, you know, joking about the Dalek at the end. He was doing this impression of the Dalek and stuff. They were just... I enjoyed that. Thinking about it. It had become, particularly for Ian, very stale. Yeah, he, we were used to, we knew what Ian was going to do in every episode. Yeah. In the same way, I guess, that we did with Susan. She left at the right time because she'd really not progressed much. At least Ian and Barbara did have a bit more room to progress because we had them, you know, there were still new things happening with them in the Space Museum where they were bickering. I mean, you could almost see that as a bit of a start, like, oh, they're getting a bit fed up. Ian was a bit in a mood last in the Space Museum. They would get into that point where they're a bit... We want to go home. Looking back now, you can see maybe that was a bit of the progression. So, um, yeah, I think it was the right time. I love Ian and Barbara. They are going to be so difficult to beat. And, to ev- you know, there's an award named after <laughs> Ian. And we're never going to forget Barbara. But I think it was the right time. And Barbara, I think, she grew in terms of her... I'm thinking from a writing point of view here. The character grew in terms of um, her bravery and what she was about, which wasn't the case at the start. It, I don't know. It, it's interesting. Whenever I talk to people about it and they go, oh, you know, what do you talk about? And, you know, and I say things. And they, and a lot of people say, oh, is it just like 60s writing of women? And I say, well, actually, I, I say it, it gets better. And I, I, I can't compare it to stuff because I, I don't really watch a lot of stuff from the 60s. But I don't know how much Doctor Who was like at the front of things like that. But it does feel with this that, particularly for Barbara, to begin with, it's terrible. But she does turn out quite a strong character. Well, she's a bit older because the stereotypical Doctor Who girl is the screaming younger girl, like Susan, is the more stereotypical. Whereas Barbara, because she's a little bit older, and she's that school teacher character. She's quite unusual. I think we're going to, just from my knowledge, I think we're going to slightly regress a little bit as it goes on to the stereotypical sort of Doctor Who companion girl for a bit. I think Barbara is quite unusual, which is, I think, was why, it and Ian as well, because they start off and it doesn't continue with those type of characters all the time. I think that's why fans like them as well, and especially Barbara, because she is very unusual. There's no other companion really like her. I'm trying to think. Ah, oh, I can't really think of one that you would put in the same category as Barbara, really. It feels very different to what the writing was to begin with for those characters. And it's nice, but it, that wasn't the case to begin with. And it was really frustrating, and I just didn't like it was not enjoyable at all. Early on, yeah, they weren't coping, were they? And Ian didn't believe anything in the Unearthly Child. He, you know, he was completely against everything. And now, he, they, you know, I think they had a really good progression throughout the series. Oh, yeah, completely. Like I said, I think um, 
I've not, I've gone like nice full circle with Barbara. I'm I'm really like happy with where everything's gone with her and where that journey's gone. And it's it's been really nice to see that from where it began. There's a lot of like talk about the writing today on Doctor Who. Uh, I I don't watch it, so I, I can't say, but. I know enough to know that people talk about the writing today on Doctor Who and how bad it is. It doesn't matter how good um, your series is or how well-known it is, if the writing of your TV or your main characters, like backstories are poor and all that, then it, you know, it, it you can, as an actor, you can only do what you can with what you've got. I think that's maybe why Susan's so poor. Um as a character because all she ever did was scream and all she ever was was that character. We've also, I've just thought with Ian and Barbara going, we've lost our earth connection because Vicky is, well, our, our present day earth, our sort of audience connection because Vicky's from the future. I mean, I know she's from earth, but she might as well be from another planet. Which, although again, it's funny because I don't really think about Ian and Barbara being from our present time. Oh no, I do, I do, because you've got, you know, Barbara's history, history information whenever they land somewhere, and. But I think about when they met Vicky, and they knew so much more than Vicky. Yeah, we'll see if they're missed next, next story. We'll just see who appears. I think they will end up with someone new, ready to go into season three. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to say anything at all. You can follow us on Twitter at Two Watch Who and on Instagram Two Watch Who, and make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you get the latest episodes and you get our next episode when Sarah finds out what happens next. <laughs> By the time this comes out, I'm I don't think we'll be in lockdown. I made that prediction the last episode, didn't I? And you were like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm now predicting." <laughs> this is my prediction so i'm sticking with that now great okay well we will see you next time and yeah we'll find out <laughs> bye, bye. Two. Watch who? hey stuff you who what are you talking about